ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 60 of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. This week, I am only joined by the man with the versatile name, Rob Bob Burt is in the house today. Alfie is not with us as he is uh, going through with his transfer to Brighton. Um, don't worry, he'll still play for the Arsenal Cannon Podcasts. Don't worry, we'll have our uh, our douchey stat guy still. <laughs> don't worry, that that balance of the show of humble humbleness like me and Rob is not going to go away. The arrogance of Alfie will, will remain. Um, Bob Burt, uh, Bertrand, that's the new one. Bertrand, <laughs> how you doing today, man? Um, I'm not going to lie, Daniel. I had a sleepless night because um, I'm just. I just think that Emmy Martinez, after playing one game for Aston Villa, a brilliant penalty save, really good with his feet, and you know, Burton Leno falling on his head and dropping a ball. Mm. That was just. You know, you, you you just can't do that as a goalkeeper, and you know we, we should have kept Martinez. It's 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 clear. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think Leno has shown, just like Saliba, yeah, that he's just not he's not good enough. You know, he's just not good enough. Um, just you know, even though Leno was pretty much the only person that kept us in the fucking division last season, um, along with Aubameyang. It's it's time to go. It is. You know, it's a good thing that that Runar is a gunner <laughs> because which I'm by the way I'm pissed at the. Fact I know that why the hell didn't that. Arsenal use that? That's shocking. Shocking. I know, like unbelievable, unbelievably poor. I should replace whoever that one uh, guy is yeah. that everyone knows now. Uh, the Southampton yeah, fan. Yeah, Southampton fan. That's what we all know. Can never remember his name. Uh, Connor Armstrong. That's it. Shout out Connor. Wow. You listening, Connor? Connor. Get in contact. Maybe he's you probably can... not because he's a Southampton fan. Yeah, true. That'd be great, though, if we could get him on one time. Talk about what it's like to run the Arsenal like <laughs> social media. That would be fascinating because... He gets so much Oh, stick. my God, I can imagine it's, it's pretty hellacious. Because <laughs> us Arsenal fans are a yeah. fucking crazy breed but yeah on emmy dude i think you're right we, we made a huge mistake and and selling him for 20 million pounds i mean despite the fact that he did make like whatever was 15 appearances i think it's very obvious that you know he's the best goalkeeper in the world and yeah we lost out on him we did so silly arsenal and and as for saliba like i was just saying you know the fact that you know he's i mean rob he's 19 and he's not even in the squad <laughs> It's you shocking. Know, like I said, I think there's yeah, exactly. Like I think I there's said, only one like person to. Fence. I think there's one person to blame mm-hmm. though, um, Mikel Arteta, who's just fucking everything up, isn't he? I would agree. Yeah. Hashtag Arteta out immediately. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, that's enough of the uh, sarcasm cannon podcast extravaganza. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, Rob. Um, I had a bit of a doozy myself, and it wasn't because of the nightmares I had about the uh, the the transfer out of of Emmy. I had a doozy because of my fucking car. Um, so basically, for those that listen frequently, and apologies if you do, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. Um, you know that I I work at like a hotel because unfortunately the Arsenal Cannon podcast and being a you know little freelance journalist. Um, can't pay the bills, you know, can't put food on my table. 
So I, I have a little hotel job and, uh, on my way home from said job, I had, uh, the Arsenal West Ham game playing like out loud. I wasn't watching it cause I was driving and I'm a good boy. Um, cause of course my shift ended at, my shift ended at three o'clock and the Arsenal game started at, uh, three o'clock, um, American Eastern time. So I was heading home, listening to the game, uh, Lacazette actually had just scored the uh, the header, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, celebrating, whatever." Um, not not too rigorously because I was driving, you know. Um, yeah. About two minutes after that, I just hear a boom, and I was like, "Oh!" And my car. Uh, luckily, I was in the middle lane out of three lanes on the highway here, and my car just was like, "My fucking front left front left tire blew out." So was that symbolic of the goal coming from? from the front left of Arsenal. I don't know, you know. Um, but yeah, so I've had to go off the road, whatever. And then, so I had my uh, my car friend, Casey, who's like a mechanic, come over there and help me. And because I got to be honest, man, I don't, I know how to change a tire, but I don't trust myself to change yeah, a tire. Yeah, I think so, I'd be the same. <laughs> you know, it's one of those so things which a, like... Yeah. You think you'd be able to do, but you you don't want to do it. Exactly, and he came out there, right? And I don't know. I, we have a nickname for a spare tire here in the states. I don't know if you call it the same thing there. We call it a donut. Um, no, we it's don't like the that one that's yeah. But we do have yeah, one. I figured that usually. <laughs> I figured that was a pretty fucking American uh, nickname for it, a donut. You know, shout out to Fattening Foods. Um, <laughs> we. We, you know, we changed it, whatever. Turns out, Rob, my donut is flat. So mm. going home, I'm still about four or five miles away from my house. And I'm driving home on three tires oh, and shit. a basically empty fucking spare tire. Shout out, uh, shout out death, because that's what I came close to. <laughs> so I was going like... I don't know what this is in kilometers per hour. Sorry to all the euros out there, but uh, I was uh, going like fifty miles per hour yeah. on a seventy mile per hour highway, and my hazards were on the. Oh god, it was a nightmare, dude, nightmare. But uh, Arsenal won, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't watch a. I couldn't watch a good chunk of the game today, though. So apologies if we don't go as in depth as we uh, as we typically do. But uh, Rob, enough about us. Let's talk about this, uh, well, I, I wish I could call it a hammering, but it was kind of a, uh, a, I don't, you know, maybe even a smash and grab, you know, we kind of yeah. got a little bit lucky uh, to get a get a dub in the bag against West Ham. Um, overall, let's, let's get your overall thoughts before we get into it. What were your overall thoughts on the, um, on the, on the result that night? Uh, well, as Mikel Arteta said in his uh, interview, it was a fantastic result. Um, mm. Probably a game that we would have lost a few few months ago. Maybe, maybe drawn. Um, not gonna lie, I was I was thinking the worst at some points during the game. I could have seen us capitulating, but um, showed good character to. Uh, Grab a late goal, and um, but yeah, not not a good performance from Arsenal on the weekend. Mm. No, uh, no, it wasn't at all. And 
I, I'm going to ask you this too before we get into the uh, to your thoughts on the starting eleven. Which, by the way, spoiler alert: we got spot on on the last fucking <laughs> episode. So yeah. yeah. Um, do you find it slightly concerning that again we showed that we kind of struggle to break down teams that set up with two backs of four, seeing as realistically the majority of sides that we come up against this season are probably going to set up with that kind of uh formation um yeah i see what you mean um it is worrying uh obviously arsenal need reinforcements and um it sounds as if we might be getting some players in in the coming weeks uh seems like there's some positive mm. positive movements in the market we'll say um but yeah it is a worry and um despite our really good fluid attacking performance at fulham west ham really seemed to nullify our pro- promising looking uh, attacking threat um one thing they really didn't allow us to do was play out the back which um was really frustrating because, as we've seen with so many of our goals lately, Aubameyang's goal against Fulham and Aubameyang's goal in the Community Shield final spring to mind, they all come back, come out of patient build-up play from the back. And West Ham didn't allow us to do that. And also the absence mm-hmm. of Kieran Tierney didn't help with that because uh, Kalasnak, um, he struggles with regard to his forward passing. Um Mm. And that that really did inhibit us. Uh, I think it's something that we can work on, to be honest. Um, now we've sort of got a solid defensive base to build upon. It will definitely improve, in my opinion. But we definitely need new players if it is to improve. Yeah, and uh, I, I uh, if I'm not mistaken, Arteta even said you know said something about that, possibly even hinting at us. Did you already say that? I can't even remember. Um, Hinting at us um, signing some, you know, creative midfield options yeah, yeah. in his uh, post-game um, interview because it's so. I mean, I know generally speaking, the manager has to be really coy and careful with his words. But at the end of the day, Arteta even saying that it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's fucking glaringly obvious. You know, yeah. like we need creative reinforcements, and like we've said in the past, multiple. You know, we need multiple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, creative outlets to come in i think our midfield pretty much as a whole you know it needs mm. some readjustments for example we're going to get into the starting 11 here um but i just want to say before that i thought Sabayos in the first half i know he's a guy you and i really like rob but i thought Sabayos in the really first struggled. half wasn't wasn't good you know and he came I up even, big obviously yeah. in that last he came up big in the last moment but that first half was was really really poor from him, yeah, you know? but I also I even uh, I even put out a tweet at half time saying that Spiles really disappointed me, and it pains me to say that because we we're both huge Spiles fans. Um, mm. Why do you think that was? Do you think it was just sort of a bit of rust? He hasn't played a full ninety since the FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be. Um, I think that this, I think Sabayos's first game back from the start was always going to be a bit bumpy, you know, because like you yeah. said, he hasn't played in a while. Um, you have to remember too, Ceballos wasn't an Arsenal player there for a while. You know, yeah, he, he was wasn't. just, he was chilling at home in Spain doing his own. Th- I think he was in Spain, you know, probably, yeah. um, just doing his own thing and wasn't with the team training. And, uh, 
you know, I think that was really, really obvious in the first half. But he obviously came into his own in the second half and came up big at that uh, final moment. But starting 11, like I said, we got it completely spot on mm-hmm. on the last pod. Uh, Leno, unsurprisingly, in goal, uh, seeing as, you know, Emmy was tragically sold, and that's going to be the decider in our relegation <laughs> this season. Um had that back three with the wingbacks, Bellerin on the right, Saka on the left. Uh, it was supposed to be Kieran Tierney in the left central defense role. However, he uh, he did pick up an injury uh, before the game, which, by the way, absolutely fucked my fantasy for this week. Yeah. But, <laughs> I actually had a really good week for fantasy, though. Yeah, that's got, good, man. Um... How many points did I end up getting? I had a good but, week. Oh, uh, by the you and I are completely level on points now. I don't oh, know really? how that's even possible. Yeah, both on Yeah, because I had an awful opening week. I got 71 points this week. I smashed it. Ooh, damn nice. Yeah. Mane helped me out a lot. Oh, you actually points might. from him. You might be above me then. I don't know. Uh, let's have a look. I'm yeah, let's fourth. have a gander. Max is still Max oh, is insanely I'm, I'm good t- at it. I'm two points ahead of you, Danny. Oh, fuck. So my fourth, <laughs> top four? Yeah. Shit. I've got to improve on that. But uh, that, that, I think that tyranny injury was fucking huge, man. I it mean, was. That, that, because it's, it's messed up, too. I think, and, and I want to I wanna know your thoughts on this. I think it hurt us more. Uh, the the fact that Kalashnikov was in the team hurt us more than Tierney <laughs> not being in the team. Yeah. Um, well, I was listening to um, yeah, it was Arscast that I was listening to it on, and James was saying how um, Tierney is just really quite a unique player in the way that he can not only excel as um, a left back but also as a left centre back in a back three, and that's the issue with sort of lots of people uh, want. Gabriel to play that position but Gabriel can't play as a left back and in possession um, that system is very much uh, a sort of a Mikel Arteta's own take on a on a 4-3-3 with regard to sort of Sacro or Maitland-Niles who play a left wing back move a bit more central Um, so Tierney is perfectly suited to that back three role but we don't have another player who is Um, and that hurt us uh, and it, mm. I think it, it, it just, you know, the whole ever since we've started playing with the three four three, actually, we've always looked really nice and fluid down the left, uh, and not so good down the right. But on the weekend, we didn't look good down either channel. Um, and yeah. I think that uh, Tierney was a Tierney's absence was a key reason for that. Yeah, and uh, it's it really costed us. You know, we looked. I, I like you said we didn't look great down either flank, but on that left side in particular, I mean, oh my yeah. gosh! I, I I got a question for you. Seeing as Louise came on really really late on the night, I think it was was it the 89th or something? Yeah. And I mean, seeing as seeing as that was the case, and Kalashinac came on in that area instead of Louise, do you think Louise just really wasn't? wasn't ready to get any kind of sufficient game time because surely Arteta would have picked him instead of Kalashinac, right? Yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, my only thing with that is that... Uh, 
I'd be interested to see whether they sort of like adjusted the formation to do it, as in like we played a more pure three four three, as in uh, Holding and Gabriel would really play as wide centre backs, whereas rather mm. than Tierney sort of pushing out and playing as a as a left back as he does in the three four three when we're on the ball. Um, but yeah, I think if um, we had the capacity to adjust to that and Louise was fully fit, uh, yeah, I think Louise would have come in because Kolasna, oh, he's got to go. He's just not a great footballer, is he? No, he's, he's not. He's just not good enough. And I think it's one nah. of those things. I think it's one of those things. I, I would love us to, you know, pick up some kind of fee for him because even if we pick up a one pound transfer fee, it's, you know, it's a gain it's profit, because we got him for free. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing with Kalashnikov is we just want to get the the wages off the books. You know, I yeah. think he's paid over a hundred grand a week, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so we got to get that off the bill because he's just uh, like you said, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. I you mean, know? you know, during his time at Arsenal, his best uh, performances I would say have come in a three four three when he's had the chance to play as a sort of maraudering left wing back. Um, because and, he has to do way less work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's actually really cringeworthy to say, but during Unai Emery's last few, uh, the back end of last season when we were playing like a three four one two, Klasnet was like our sole creative outlet, just oh. like him, <laughs> and that is really uncomfortable to say. <laughs> oh, unbelievably! Because I mean, he's such a. He's one of those players that just takes advantage of his his physicality and just yeah. runs through and just smashes I mean, the ball. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't if I was playing right back. I wouldn't want to say a Kalasnik running at me because he's a big guy. But mm. his end product is just so so bad. Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible. And it was. Uh, I mean, that com- coupled with the fact that. You know, our midfield, like we were saying, uh, Shaka and Ceballos obviously started there. And the first half, Rob, I mean, they were just... Xhaka was, they were you cool. know, it, it, it wasn't... I, I think Ceballos was probably the worst of the two from what I saw. But Xhaka wasn't yeah. great either. Um, no. With that being said, though, I really think that the creative onus being placed upon Ceballos is really unfair. Mm to him because yeah. he's not that's not the kind of player he is yeah i still see people like uh, like hear commentators saying like oh yeah uh tobias is miko arteta has changed tobias's position and he plays him in a deeper role now uh, that's not true tobias has always been a player that likes to operate from deep um mm. and he, he's not a creative player but he did he did get an assist to be fair to him uh i'm assuming yeah, he, he saw did. the goal I uh, did, yes. <laughs> yeah, did, 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 I thought I thought it was a well worked goal. To be fair, did you? I did as well. I thought it was. I absolutely love the fact that it was Sabias doing Ketia too. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love that. Um, yeah, no, I thought uh, I thought Sabias was really impressive in that uh, passive passive move, and it was Jaka that found Sabias too, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And oh, uh, no, Saka, Saka played. Saka, it Saka. Sorry, yeah. yeah. And I, I think Xhaka found Saka, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, that's apologies. it. He broke the line. Yeah. Yeah, apologies yeah. if I'm wrong there. I, I watched it on the highlights because I was uh, driving home on a donut, like I said at the beginning of the show. But, yeah. um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I thought Ceballos did really well there because he had the awareness to look for Enketia. But I thought 
Ed Ketia's position was phenomenal because he did so well to stay behind the ball and stay behind Ceballos in that situation. Yeah, and yeah. Really easy finish. Really easy finish, you know. So, yeah. uh, about the subs, from, I mean, from, from what I've heard... Go on, sorry. I mean, in spite of our like pretty grim attacking performance... The two goals were actually really like quite well worked goals, mm. yeah. um, and Saka, of course, playing a key role in both of them. Um, mind you, uh, I overall, in spite of his really good contribution to those goals, I didn't think Saka had the best game, to be honest. Looked quite rusty, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Very uh, obvious that he hasn't also, had much game time. Yeah, and also probably not helped by Kalasnak playing behind him. I know I don't want to like beat Kalasnak anymore, but it just didn't help anything. Yeah, but I mean, Rob, I, and I don't, I don't like to abuse players either. But Kalasnak was the worst player on the pitch. Yeah, you know, like uh, there's, there's no two ways around it. He yeah. ruined a good number of attacks we had. I think I saw a, a great stat. To whoever found it, by the way. Something like Kalashnikov had forty six passes and thirty four of them were backwards or sideways. Oh, I mean, know. that's and what they said was regressive instead of progressive, and I was like, yeah, yeah. spot on, right on the money that there. Is, and yeah, that's perfectly said. Thought he was absolutely terrible from what I saw. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, so uh, I, I'm not going to abuse players. I don't believe in that, but uh, he was yeah. really, really not good, and he didn't do Saka much favor. So maybe. Um, yeah. If Tierney comes back in against Liverpool, which we're going to talk about a bit later on in the show, um, that'll that'll help Saka a good bit. Um, but let's talk about the first goal. Actually, um, I've got a few yeah. f- few things in it that I want to talk about. Um, first thing of which is uh, how about that cross from Aubameyang, the goal scorer, oh. turning into creator? What a ball! Stunning. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he obviously as he likes to do, he's, he timed his run in behind really well. And uh, he picks out Lacazette perfectly with his weak foot. Um, yeah, really good play from Elba. Um, you know, yeah, I thought Aubameyang did struggle over the course of the 90 minutes. Struggled to, uh, I think, West Ham do have a tendency to um, really control Aubameyang. I remember in the, um, they've, they've seemed to have found a way to do it. And, uh, I remember in the last live football match I went to, Arsenal-West Ham at Emirates, uh, Aubameyang really was a little bit non-existent. Um, but yeah, uh, good that he could get a goal contribution. Bad that he couldn't get any more because I did triple captain him on my fantasy team oh, this week. Yeah, I remember that. That's, <laughs> uh, hey, man, the fact that you did that but still still had a decent little week. I mean, at least yeah, exactly. You know, at least he got an assist. At least he got something. But, yeah, um, yeah, and also along with that, the header from Lacazette. I th- if I'm not mistaken, oh, that like, hasn't got. Yeah, that hasn't got smashed a lot of credit. That smashed it off the crossbar, right? Yeah, I think so. Or, or the roof, skim or the, the crossbar. Yeah, roof of the net. It's a good finish. I mean, he's he's pretty good in the air for his uh, let's say low center of gravity. You know, mm. he's not yeah. he's not the tallest guy out there. He's pretty decent in the air. You remember he got that one um, against Atletico Madrid in the Europa League as well. Oh, I remember he rose like a salmon in that match. Oh, that was stunning. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought well, yeah. he had a good a good match as well. Yeah, I thought Laka was decent. Um, that's but it's good that he's scoring goals as well because you usually because back end of last season, even before then, you sort of had to make excuses for him. Like, 
Oh, he ties up play so nicely. When when he scores a goal, you you don't really need to do that as much because he sort of justifies his selection a bit more. So um, mm. good on Lacquer that he's in the got found a bit of a scoring touch. Okay, here's a reactionary question for you. If yeah. he keeps up the good form, does Arsenal give him a new contract? Uh, I mean, if we don't sell him during this window, I think we should give him a contract anyway, just for a bit of, like, security. Um, I don't think he... Funnily enough, I don't think he's actually, like... I mean, he's paid very well, of course, because he's a footballer. But he's not the highest paid player at the club, club by any means. Um, so if And he's always said that if Arsenal give him any contract, he'll sign it. So mm. I think just, you know, uh, he's got two years left. Why not have a bit of security and just add another year on that? And then maybe we can... Mm. I mean, his price will depreciate every year now, and he's about to hit 30. Um, but yeah, I hope he can carry on his form, because... Um, He's a, he is a top player, and it would be great to see him have at least like one really good goal-scoring season at Arsenal. Yeah, well, I think him in the middle of, you know, I just I think that the front line going into the future of Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe is just so well balanced because it's you've yeah. got a man of you've got a you've got a man of industry in the middle and Lacazette who will work his socks off every single match. And I think Enketia could fill that role too, by the yeah. way. And he uh, obviously... Shoot. Uh, we're going to have to do a little bit of editing here. I actually just lost Rob. And I think, funnily enough, seeing as this is uh, kind of a, a a humorous segment... Hi, Daniel. Sorry, I don't know why my call no problem. cut off. I no problem. I kept it up actually, and we're going to keep this in because it's kind of funny. Because okay, I want cool. people to, I want people to see how difficult it is to record podcasts remotely. Because then, yeah. if they do, um, they won't make more podcasts, and we won't have as much competition. Okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> anyway, uh, what yeah. were you saying on Lacazette? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Lacazette is, is the perfect guy in the middle, and Enketia could fill the role too because he's a. They're both men of industry. They're both really willing to work. Um, you obviously look at Pepe on the right. I think he's definitely the most skillful out of uh, anyone we have in a front three position. And then Aubameyang yeah. provides the goals. So I think that could be a really, really great, uh, great set of options going forward for the front mm. three. And then guys like Martinelli as well, you know, who's shown that yeah. he looks – I'm not sure which which kind of those three positions or which kind of those three styles he'll opt for. Mm. I, don't, I don't imagine it would be like a, a Pepe one, like a skillful – Skillful yeah. kind of player. I think it'll be more like a Lacazette man of industry or an Aubameyang goal scorer or maybe even a mixture yeah. of both like Alexis Sanchez. I, th so. I think he'd be more of a mixture of both because he's a really, really talented player um, and he does score some good goals. But what I think he specializes in is poachers finishes, getting into mm. awkward positions and he's so cool in front of goal. I think he could play a mixture, yeah, as you suggest, a mixture of the Aubameyang and... Lacazette role because I can also see him in the future being really good at making those left to right runs that Aubameyang makes so frequently. Um, I, I think he's he under the tutelage of Mikel Arteta. I think he'll thrive. Yeah, yeah, and I hope you're right. And it's uh, we're also excited to see him come back from injury. But yeah. you know, when he comes back, let's manage our expectations because of a really yeah, of young guy to be getting such a bad injury like he did. 
Um, I guess we could we before we move on. Um, I'm going to do some transfer talk just right before we talk about Liverpool. But one more thing on the West Ham game. I guess we didn't really talk about was the uh, the Mikel Antonio goal. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on that goal? Was there anything Arsenal could have done to prevent that? Uh, well, can I first start by saying that I thought Mikel Antonio had a really good game and he pissed me mm. off throughout the game because he was playing <laughs> really really well. Uh, he is an absolute nuisance to play against, and I think he's a really good player. Um, with regards to the goal, um, people were suggesting holding maybe should have got across. Uh, I think you also have to put a bit of blame on Kalasnak. He got beaten quite easily and uh, maybe mm. could have done more to block the cross. Um, but yeah, it was a disappointing goal to concede. And we also, they look, they really caught us out on the break. Um, so, yeah, a frustrating goal to concede, but not the worst defending I've seen in my life. Definitely yeah. just just shows that this Arsenal defence still needs a lot of work. Yeah, and I would agree. I actually thought, I just thought it was a really well-worked goal. Like you yeah, said. so did I. You know, I mean, the positioning of Mikel Antonio, like you said, he's so annoying to play against yeah. because he's one of those guys that has... He's quick, and then he also has um, great physicality as well. And then, obviously, as you saw from the goal, he's got a good footballing brain on him too. Yeah, you know, he great positioning for the goal. Um, I thought it was a decent little cross from. I think it was Frederick, if I'm not mistaken. Frederick. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I so, mean, well, not, not notwithstanding all the sort of stuff that's going on at West Ham with the owners, I actually think they've got quite a decent squad. They've got quite a few like quite good players and. Uh, if they can get them all working together, West Ham shouldn't be in trouble this year. They should, they should uh, have a decent season. I like um, Thomas Suchek in their midfield as well. I think he's a bit of a nuisance. He's a monster. Yeah, he's huge. I think he's like six foot four or something. Yeah, something you don't see many cent- central midfielders like that, especially ones who offer an offensive threat. Yeah, yeah, and I thought I. Um... Max talked about it in his uh, preview, or Mac, rather, not Mac. Um, yeah, Mac. He talked about it in his preview. And um, I actually was so, I said, I'm confident that, I'm so confident that uh, Xhaka is going to nullify Sushek that I'm going to take him out of my, uh, I have Sushek in my fantasy, and I'm going to take him <laughs> out of my starting 11. That didn't really happen, to be yeah. honest. But I don't think Sushek was that great on the night. But uh, no. at the end of the day, Rob, uh, the title of the last podcast was can we emulate the Arsenal women's 9-1 victory over West Ham? <laughs> uh, the answer is no. However, we can still get a win, and that's all that matters. Um, so long may it continue into the Liverpool game. But, Rob, realistically, before we get into that Liverpool game, there's a blatant topic that we have to talk about. And mm. we talk about it every single week because we're so slow to get shit done. And that's the yeah. Arsenal transfer business um we're going to talk about the two usual suspects that we do every other fucking week in Hasemawa and thomas Partey. but then mm-hmm. there was a new person added to that list as well that we're going to touch on a little bit more heavier this time around first things first though rob thomas Partey. is this <laughs> deal gonna happen there's new development saying that Lucas Torreira may be going the other way to Atletico Madrid and that Partey may be coming to North London. 
you were confident um, uh, uh, ahead of this week, and as was I, that we'd somehow get this deal across the line. Do you still have any confidence, despite the fact that the window's drawing to a close? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure this deal will get done. Um, I think if we don't do well next week at Anfield, though, I'm presuming that we wouldn't have signed Partey or Awar by then. I think some questions may need to be asked because, you know, if we're being honest, travelling to Anfield is the hardest game of the season and you want your best squad possible. Why haven't we sorted out the business, sorted out our business prior to that trip? Mm. I mean, I know it's a difficult window and I know that negotiations are hard. But with regard to Partey, it's simple. You trigger his release clause and if you really want him... That's I know, I know we might be short on money, but you find a way to do it. Um, and I'm just, I'm just. Can I say, can my, I say something com- a, a little bit controversial, yeah. maybe? Yeah, go on. I think Arsenal may be overstating the complexity of this window. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm sorry, and I said this one when the coronavirus first hit to Alfie as a kind of conspiracy theory. I asked him this question, and I'm going to ask it to you. We've seen Stan Kroenke and KSE can be a bit wily, deceitful, and I will even say evil. Are they just taking advantage of the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, of course they are. I mean, you know, I know that like it does every year, uh, Fact came out, and it said that Stan Kroenke has not invested a penny into Arsenal over the course of the last year. And that is what happens every year. And you know what? If he was a committed owner, we would have Thomas Partey in our squad by now. Um, You look at Chelsea, it Mm. didn't stop them from signing anyone and everyone, did it? Um, and well, I think it, Rob. I, I mean, at least Chelsea had a transfer ban, so people are going to use that. But yeah. I think an even better, an even better example is Wolves. Look at the players they're signing. Look how much they're spending yeah. on signings. You know. And on top of that, you look at, um, but you you look at a player like Hakim Ziyech at, uh, at Chelsea, mm. and there was an agreement in place for him, which with Ajax that. They've always said, ever since the Champions League, ever since that amazing campaign that he had, that if a respectable offer came in, they'll let him go. And with Thomas Partey, if his release clause is triggered, they have to let him go. So we could have triggered his release clause months and months ago. We could have just got it sorted, Mm. and then he would have been a player coming into the season. But that's not not what's happened. And you've got to question, why? why? Why aren't we acting quicker? Yeah, and, and I have the same questions, man. And and it seems as though every single report I've heard, Rob, is basically saying that the player is keen. The player yeah. wants to join. Arteta and Arsenal want him. Atletico Madrid, I, I, it's not like Awa at Lyon. Lyon's president could just be a bit of a douche, for lack of a better word, and could be really difficult to work with. Atletico yeah. are just saying, look, if you just pay this, you could have the fucking player. You know, like, 
And I was sort of like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's not that easy, you know. I, 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 do you want Tamara? Do you, you want Gwendozy? Do you want etc. Like, come on. Like, no, they want money, dude. <laughs> yeah. And in addition, I think there's like, we can be confident in the knowledge that Terrera, even if it's just on loan, there seems to be a shit ton of interest in him and he'll go this summer. Mm. I'm, I'm like, you, th- there's no need for the club to worry about that. So I just, <sighs> it's flabbergasting. Well, I just, just pay it. it you know? It is. I mean, realistically, Rob, we've got twenty million pounds for Emmy, right? We've got twenty million pounds for Emmy. I think that we're going to get twenty-five for Lucas Torreira, which will be like—I don't know the exact figure of how much we got Torreira for, but I think that actually might be about what we bought him for. So we're breaking yeah, even on Torreira. Yeah. Um. So then you're looking at that, right? You've just gained forty-five million pounds. The release clause. For Partey is what was it forty five to fifty million pounds something like that was it fifty? Mm. Uh, I mean fifty million euros. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So you're basically about at exactly what Partey cost. I mean, just do, like you said, just go through with it. I'm sure we'll sell Terreira. Like you said, there's no shortage of interest. So I hope you're right in your confidence that he'll uh, that he'll come through. It seems like the player's keen. Everybody wants him to come, you know. Uh, yeah. Arsenal, you've got to get it sorted out. What about this one, though, um, before we get into the third one, the dark horse that we haven't talked about, really? Um, the second one, Awa, obviously. Mm. What about this one, Rob? Do you think there's any chance? I think there's chance, definitely. Um, from various reliable sources... Uh, I think Telefoot Chain um, last week, who are very reliable in France, uh, they said that um, Awar wants Arsenal. Um, Mm. And then you've just got the issue of agreeing a deal. Um, I'm hoping that Edu and the the Leon, uh, I think he's their director of football, Janino, uh, they're said to be close pals. So hopefully that will help us out with this one. Uh, I'm not. I'm nowhere near as confident with this one as I am with Partey, but I think there's. Mm. I think there's a decent chance that we'll get him. To be fair, and I really like the player. Do you think so? Marks out of ten. Yeah. How likely do you think we are? How, how likely out of ten? Uh, I'm gonna go seven. Seven. That's a safe bet. I would say. I'm gonna say five. I'm okay. not that confident, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, my my only concern, like I said earlier, is the Leon president, and I think we might have left this deal a little too late, to be honest. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. he's really just, tricky. You can see them last minute just saying, "Nah, we're going to keep him." Yeah, exactly. And even if the player is keen, I'm sure a lot of players out there are keen to join Arsenal and be a part of our Tetis project. But the issue at hand is the board and, you know, are they willing to loosen the purse strings? Yeah. As, we, as we've seen on many occasions in the past, they're I mean, frequently not. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Leon are particularly short of money either. They, uh, they got to the semi-final of the Champions League and they sold um, Triore, Bertrand Triore the other day to Aston Villa for £20 million which is good business from them. So I don't think they're particularly desperate to sell our... But at the same time, you don't yeah. want to keep a player in your squad who wants to leave. So 
that's my that's my hope with that one that they'll they might want to sell him a little bit because you know you don't want squad unrest and stuff. But again, he doesn't come across as the sort of character who would cause unrest. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, it's gonna be time will tell, like we always say, and in, in regards to possible transfers. But speaking of um, a guy. Uh, we, you know, we don't know if Awa's making it obvious that he wants to leave or anything like that. But a guy who's made it quite obvious that he's ready to move on from the club that he's been at for a very long time and, you know, maybe move up a level is a little guy that they call Wilfred Zaha, and that's mm. somebody that we've been linked with uh, this week. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the possibility of Zaha coming in? Would he add a new? maybe slightly unconventional element of creativity to this Arsenal team. Yes. Um, I mean, I've wanted Zaha at Arsenal for quite a long time. He's a player that um, I just absolutely adore. I think he would offer something to us that we just definitely don't have. I'm not sure it would be creativity that he would offer, but that... It, the confidence that he has to take on a man, uh, get to the byline, even is got a good shot on him. Uh, really, really good footballer. Um, and he's got that strength as well, and we don't really have a really strong player like that in attack. Um, but I'm not sure we'll get him, to be honest. Um, mm. Palace showed last summer... They're quite um, firm with their stance on Zaha. They've got him under a long-term contract. And unless an astronomical uh, offer comes in, I know they've said that they'd maybe be willing to listen to offers this summer. But unless something brilliant comes in, I don't think they'd be interested in doing business with us. Um, And if I'm being honest, I, I don't know if Aubameyang will ever really play down the middle for Arsenal. And mm. you'd imagine that Zaha would be coming whilst Arteta's at the club, which we hope will be for the long-term future. And Zaha, you'd imagine, would come in and like want to play on the left wing. And that's Definitely. Pamiang's role. Um, so I don't know if it would really make sense. I've seen some people saying... Willian. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've seen some people saying Zaha maybe to go down the middle and that he's kind of position. He's not a striker, is he? I'd rather no, get, he's not. If we're going to invest a load of money in a player, I'd rather go and get like Edouard or from mm. Celtic or Moussa Dembele from Lyon. I'd, if we're getting a, someone to play down the middle, I want a proper striker. I don't want a winger. Well, my honestly, my belief is if we have guy, a guy like Aubameyang who's capable of scoring goals from the left, I think a false nine is who you should have in that area. I think yeah. a guy like you know Lacazette is perfect for that role, and I yeah. don't think Zaha. I'm, to be honest with you, I don't think Zaha is capable of playing that. He's a you know he's a winger, and uh, yeah. if 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 you're asking me, my priority list in terms of him, Awa, and Partey. He's last on the list. Yeah, he's definitely you know, the so. But I, I don't think that, that'll happen. I think that's unlikely. No. But I'll, I'll I'll stick with what I've always said. He's a player that I'd love to see in a red and white shirt. I think he would be brilliant to watch at the Emirates. Um, but he shouldn't be a priority. Definitely not. Um, that's pretty much it this week for transfer rumors and everything like that. Yeah. Windows drawing to a close, so... 
like we always do, ladies and gentlemen, we'll keep you uh, up to date with all the transfers um, that go on around the globe. Um, and, you know, more so at Arsenal because we don't really care about anyone else. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, that's it for right now. Still waiting. Uh, we've got to get some business done, though. Our midfield clearly has some, some, some pretty obvious deficiencies. Issues. You know, yeah. especially especially in the creative department. Let's take the last fifteen minutes, Rob, to talk about the upcoming match to Liverpool away from home. Um, yeah, how are you feeling, man? How are you feeling? Um. Well, first, uh, we've got Leicester tomorrow night in the Carabao Cup, but that, that's the Carabao Cup. Um, but, oh, yeah. shit, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on. Hold on one second. <laughs> what are you looking Why at? Why is that not on my phone? I'm sorry. I am so sorry, people. I am so sorry <laughs> to the people. I, I do not mean to disrespect the cup because I will take any trophy we can. Okay. Yeah, true. Do you, do you want to touch on Leicester? Dude, genuinely, I did not know that was tomorrow. Yeah. Am, am um, I a bad boy? Sure. We can talk about it for a couple of minutes. We don't need to talk about it extensively. It's the Carabao Cup. Uh, I'll fire okay. two questions at you then. Uh, okay. First, Firstly, do you think Meza Urza will feature? And second, do you think Matteo Guendouzi will feature? No, yes. I think. Uh, I don't think... I don't even think it was on my squad. Um, <laughs> and I, I think Gendouzi. I think Gendouzi will make the bench okay. because remember what we were saying about uh, Gendouzi slowly being pushed back in. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. What about you? I what are your thoughts could. on that? That's a great question. What about you? Uh, I don't think that we'll see Meza Urzu in an Arsenal shirt. Until post um, post end of transfer window, um, mm. unless of course he's sold. I, but I think until the window shuts, Arsenal will be doing all they can to force him out. I think that's a pretty uh, damn good guess, and I would have to agree. Gwenduzi, yeah, I think I agree. I think he, and I think he could make a little like. Uh, twenty-minute cameo, maybe, but I don't think he'll start. Fair enough. Uh, like, what kind of team do you think will go in with that game? Uh, pretty weak. Uh, I think. Yeah, of that's course, what I think. Liverpool, I think Leicester will, will be a too. priority. Yeah, maybe we'll see a debut for debut for Runar. Uh, I'd see a bit mm. of Joe Willock and Reese Nelson, who haven't really featured at all this season. Um. Yeah, probably will be in there. I'd imagine. Uh, Saliba. I actually just read something. Unfortunately, Cedric will not make the Leicester trip. Why? Apparently, he's injured. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay. just. Yeah, I see it here, reported by James Benj. Uh, Kieran uh, Tierney aiming to resume training later this week, as is Socrates. Uh, Cedric oh out of God. Leicester trip. Oh, dear. Uh, I think Saliba will feature, actually. I think he'll start. Um, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, that would be good to see him. Um, other than that, I'm not, I've, I've, I've got no idea. Interesting that... Mm. <laughs> 
I'd go uh, really weak in that. I'm way yeah. more concerned with the I'm way more concerned yeah. with the Liverpool game. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Should we go move on to Liverpool then? Is that clearly more important? Yeah, fuck that game. Uh dude, the fact that I didn't even know it was a thing says everything about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Twitter every day and everything, you know, writing Arsenal articles three to four or five times a week, and I didn't, I've completely forgot. Um, yeah. I've just been thinking about the Liverpool game. All right. Uh, well, now that we got past that, thank you for thank you for pointing that out because we would have been horribly roasted for yeah. completely not mentioning that at all. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling, though, in regards to our actual next game that people uh, actually pay some mind to, Liverpool? I mean... It's difficult to know how to feel. Uh, Liverpool were really, really good against Chelsea on Sunday, um, but I'm I'm feeling more confident than I usually do ahead of a trip to Anfield. You know, our, our performances against big teams lately have been really good. Uh, all I want to see is the same character that we saw in the FA Cup semi-final, final, and the Community Shield final, and then I'll be happy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think everybody would agree with that. Um, honestly, man, I'd I'd love to pick up a draw out of this game. I think that would yeah, be an incredible result. Be, but yeah, that would be brilliant. I I don't mean to sound like a I don't mean to sound pessimistic or anything, um, but I really think that getting out of there with a narrow loss would not even be a bad mm. result either. You know, to be honest. Um... You know, we as fans, I think it's it's okay for us to say that. But I think it's good that there's no way that Mikel Arteta will be saying that. Um, mm. I feel like in previous trips to Anfield, especially uh, the ones under Unai, I do feel like we've sort of gone with that approach, sort of like, oh, damage limitation. Of course, um, yeah. Whereas I think Arteta will, will no way let that, culture creep back in it will be all about trying to get three points um so you know i hope like we have been lately in big games that we're proved wrong again um but yeah not high expectations no not me either and um i'm assuming since you said that you're going to go with the pretty weak side against Leicester like me, you're going to go absolutely balls to the wall, full strength against Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, you want to you wanna go with our uh, our starting 11s? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, So should we just do... Yeah, should I just say my starting 11? Uh, yeah, fuck it. Do it. Yeah. Um, so, Burn Leno in goal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'd obviously rather have Martinez, but he's not with us anymore. Um, Everybody uh, hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leno in goal. Uh, then, right centre-back, Rob Holding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because... Saliba, you know, you can't throw him in at the deep end with his first Premier League game at Anfield, can you? Hell Uh, no. Hell no. No. Central defender... Gabriel. Um, Mm. I'd consider Louise. Um, 
But, you know, I don't think Gabriel deserves to be dropped, to be honest. And I think it would be really unfair on him if he was, even though Louise has... And, you know, Louise had a nightmare last year at Anfield. So let's just stick with Gabriel, um, who's who doesn't who deserves to start. Uh, left centre-back, I'm praying that um, Kieran Tierney is available. And if he is, he has to start. Um, mm. If not, I would like to see Louise in the middle and Gabriel at left centre-back. Um, then right wing-back, Hector. Right centre-mid... I'm gonna go with El Nenny. Oh, who was your uh, who was your left center? Uh, your left wing back, by the way. Oh, my left wing back, uh, Ainsley. Ainsley, uh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's good. He's good for the big games, uh, mm-hmm. and I trust him in there to do that really specific role that he does really well uh, in big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, onto midfield. Yeah, as I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with El Nenny. Uh, just purely based to a bit, based on a bit of an erratic performance by Tobias. You need someone you can rely on in there. And Elneny has shown against Fulham and Liverpool in the Community Shield that you can rely on him. So I'm going to recall Elneny in the middle. Uh, Shaka left centre mid, of course. Uh, just, you know, as I said, reliable, re- reliability is really important for a big game away at Anfield. Um, and then front three, I'm going to go Willian. Uh, Lacazette and the Bamiang stick with that. Um, okay, you know, Willian is very experienced in those big games, and he does actually tend to uh, performances from him in the Champions League for Chelsea spring to mind. Actually, he does re- tend to thrive in big games. Um, mm. So yeah, that that would be my starting eleven, and I've got a feeling Pepe could start uh, tomorrow night at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too because um, I pretty much agree with your starting eleven. Um, only thing was I have uh, Ceballos, and I do have Ceballos in this okay. game um, instead of instead of El Nani. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too upset if El Nani was to play, but I think El Nani will probably play against Leicester. Um, so you can, okay. I, I imagine Ceballos will start against Liverpool, and then my like I said, my front line's the same. Um, Backline, however, I uh, I said the same thing that you did. If Tierney's not fit, you know, I'll have Louise in there. I don't think Tierney will play, unfortunately. Do you know? I could see. Uh, yeah, I uh, think that. I'm, I hope he does. I hope he does. God, he would be hugely important coming into this match. But I just I don't know if Arteta's going to want to risk that. You know? No, I, I um, completely get what you mean. It's a long old season, and if Tierney like messes up his hip flexor, we'll regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Really depends how much Mikel wants to win this match, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think because I think along with Aubameyang and Leno, I think Tierney's probably one of our most important players. You know? Oh yeah. And well, you saw he's... it uh, the other night. He is exactly. So crucial. He's he's hugely important, um, and like Monreal before him, whose boots he's going into, you know, he's yeah. Mister Consistent. You know, we always talk about Monreal on the show. By the way, I just love Nacho Monreal. We we love um, Nacho here, don't we? We do, we do. Tiamo Nacho Tiamo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Louise will play. I think Louise will be in the middle, 
And then mm-hmm. I think Gabrielle will actually be kind of pushed over more to the left. Yeah. I think that'll actually, I think that'll help. I think that'll actually help Gabrielle, if I'm being honest. Having yeah, a guy yeah. back there to well, this speak. is a huge game. Yeah. He yeah. speaks Portuguese and everything, you know, so it's going to be pretty massive for him. I, I think that's a good point you make on Ainsley uh, being in this game. I think he could play that role against these big sides really, really well. Um, also, to far more defensively assured than Saka. I was saying last week how Saka's far better creatively. Well, Ainsley's far better defensively. So mm. we've got two players in that left wing back position that could play two completely different roles. So you I love mean, to see it. Log may it continue. Yeah. I mean, another thing to take in to consideration for Gabriel is that this is one of the biggest games of his career so far. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you you don't tend to think of it like that with Arsenal players, but apart from his games in the Champions League last year, but even then for Lille, they didn't have great hopes at Lille in the Champions League. It was sort of people like, expected them to lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas this, like, there's weight on the Arsenal fans' expectations. Weight comes with that, and this is huge for Gabriel. Um, mm. That the eyes of the eyes of the Arsenal fan base, the eyes of the Premier League fan base will all be upon him. On a, It's Monday night. Oh, hate Monday night football. I know, me too. Well, yeah. uh, the, the best thing about this being on a Monday, though, I'm off Mondays and Tuesdays, so I can get a little, oh, that's a good little, point. Crunk, little crunk, a little drunk when I'm watching to, <laughs> uh, to, to lessen the pain of my sorrows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully to be to be celebratory. Um, but here, before we wrap up today, Rob, I'm going to come to you with this. Uh, Liverpool are obviously a really, really worrying side. Mm. Is there anything in particular that you are extremely worried about? Any matchups on the day that you're really scared of coming into the game? I mean... You know, we played Liverpool twice um, over the lo- the course of the last, uh, like, two months. Um, and, you know, those, those matchups that you think you'd fear, sort of like holding against Mane, um, perhaps, uh, well, not really Salah against Tierney, because, well, you know, sort of with Robertson getting down the left, Alexander-Arnold getting down the right... They're, they're clearly huge threats, um, mm. but we have sort of nullified them. Uh, obviously, this is different. This is this is a Liverpool side who will undoubtedly want to keep their unbeaten run going for as long as possible this season because that's what Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side do. Um, and, of course, in the Community Shield final, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was absent and his offensive threat is considerable. But if we're going to... I'm going to flip your question on its head and say, where do you think we can get at Liverpool? Oh, that's a great question. Um, First of all, I want to start by saying I'm worried about the same thing. (laughs) I think Liverpool's fullbacks are fucking tremendous. And there's a reason that I have Alexander-Arnold in my fantasy because he's an absolute monster creatively. Um, where could we get at Liverpool? Probably nowhere. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we can. Uh, it's a valid I think answer, we, to be fair. <laughs> I think. I think we could. I think we could take advantage of, ironically, what we're most scared of, 
Um, I think yeah. I think Liverpool might come in with an air of complacency, seeing as how seeing how good their record is against us mm. at their own place. So I think you might, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Arnold and uh, Robertson just bombing up the pitch and maybe at times, you know, not getting back quick enough. So yeah. I think that's... Well, when I you've think, got a player like mm. Aubameyang on the break, you know, that's yeah, always, exactly. that's always um, you know, cutting in on his right foot and bending it past Allison into the top right-hand corner, you know. That's, yeah, all, yeah. that's, that's what we've got to hope for. Yeah, and then you have a player um, that that I think is most definitely pipped to start, and Willian on the other side, who has a vast mm. amount of experience. Um, like you said, in these big games, a good amount of vision, and then he's also capable of grabbing the ball and driving forward. So I think we can mm. we could take advantage of them um, in that area, but also we have to be wary of it. Um, Kalashnikov can't play this fucking game, right? Oh no! I mean, if Kalashnikov starts, I'll cry. I'll honestly uh, cry. Mo Salah, who has looked like on fire in the two games so far this season, would would tear him to shreds. Oh yeah, yeah. Salah's praying. <laughs> Salah's praying yeah. that Kalashnikov does start. <laughs> oh know? no, that that nah, can't happen. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares this week about Kalashnikov starting. I would cry. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that would be. I, I, you know, like. In those Emory days, when you saw the team sheet come out on Twitter and you just saw this fucked team, you just looked yeah. at it and you're like, oh my God, what <laughs> is that? That would be the same feeling we'd get if Kalashnikov yeah. starts. Oh no, All right. Arsenal Twitter would go into meltdown. Fucking oh. hell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, well, uh, it's been uh, it's been nice knowing you. Um it's been nice knowing you, Arteta, but now you're gonna you're you're done. Hashtag Arteta out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah. He'll know that though, Mikel. He'll know that you can't Surely. start Kalazanak in that bigger game. Surely. Surely. Against that high caliber player, yeah, you just can't do it. No. Definitely not. You just can't. And uh Yeah, so I I think those those predicted lineups we went with are, are pretty good ones. Um, looking forward to the Leicester game tomorrow. Honestly, I, I'd love to win just because I'd love to watch my team win. But at the same time, I think we've got bigger fish to fry this season. And maybe it sounds arrogant of me to say, but as much as I love silverware, you know, I'd really rather we've got we've got you know a piece and a half of silverware last season. You know, in the FA Cup and the Community Shield, um, I. Frankly, rather us have a strong position in the league this season. If I'm being honest, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I especially agree. if the titles, if the titles a Carabao Cup. You know, I don't care if it's a Europa League. Yeah, maybe we could talk. You know, but don't really care about the Carabao Cup too much. Um. Well, Rob, is there anything else you want to cover today before we draw this bad mamma jamma to a close? Um. No, I don't think so, Daniel. Um. It's been a. Uh... Uh, I guess maybe. Well, we've we've really talked about everything regards to transfers. We need we need to sell some players, but I I think those will go through eventually. Clubs get desperate during the last few weeks of the window, so um, yeah, yeah. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's give a quick shout out to the man that couldn't make it on today, though. We haven't talked about him much. Just a brief segment there at the beginning, Alfredo. Um, I'm, you know what, Rob, I'm not going to roast him this week. You know why? 
because I was what? listening. I, I was listening back to the old episode, which is you and I, where he wasn't there. I kind of went a little hard, man. You know, I kind of oh. went. I, I kind of went Bayern, Bayern on Barca, or fuck, this hurts to say, but Bayern on Arsenal those couple years ago. Um, yeah, I kind of just like I was kind of relentless and just kept going yeah. and beating a dead horse. So I'm not gonna go yeah. go on that this week. Um, I'm gonna say something nice about Alfie. Yeah, as, is, as painful as it's going to be to do. Alfie, we at the Arsenal Cannon Podcast and all the people listening wish you nothing but the best and easiest transition into your transfer to Brighton. I'm sure <laughs> the city of London is devastated to see the lovely London local lad parting away with his hometown. Therefore, Alfie Colshaw will have a new name starting next week. <laughs> I will not say it today because I don't feel like it's oh, right. Oh, you already worked it out. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to figure something out, though. Like I said on the last episode, it's going to be a, a banging alliteration that, spoiler alert yeah. there with the word banging, starts with <laughs> a letter B. Um, and it's going to have to do with the city of Brighton. So all the best of luck to Alfie and his new adventure at university in Brighton. Uh, shout out to like seagulls, shout out to Mope. That's where, that's where Alfie's living in the same, in the same ends as Mope. Yeah. So the man that's responsible for getting us 20 million pounds for Emiliano Martinez. So there you go. Um, Rob marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Um, just I'm gonna say, I'm gonna do what Alfie always does. I'm gonna say we love you Arsenal.co.uk because mm. our website is uh it's thriving at the moment and you can enjoy the thriving environment by checking out the website. Um, yeah, we're we're producing some great content at the moment. We've got a few new writers on board, so yeah, do check it out. Um, I'm really pleased with how uh, it's progressing at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's growing, and it's thanks in large part uh, to to all you peeps uh, listening to the show. Because I'd imagine some of you peeps listening probably tune into the to the website as well. So if that is the case, we appreciate you, Chiefs, um, and, and keep it up. Because uh, hey, man, onward and upward, we want to be the biggest, not biggest uh, football podcast and football blog, the biggest blog and biggest podcast in the world. Okay. Yeah. So just get on it. All right. Get on it. Um, what I have to plug this week is just the same thing. The the website, go check it out. Like Rob was saying, we've got some new guys in the fold and they're all doing really well, just like all of our incredible team members. And then also leave a review for this podcast wherever you can. Feel free to share it as well. Share it with your mom, your dad. Well, maybe <laughs> not your mom and your dad or they'll uh, – They'll probably disown you if they figure out you're listening to a show as yeah as bad as this yeah. One. Don't tell your parents you're listening to this. Tell um, tell your cool uncle um, <laughs> who has sort of like a who you just every time you see him you just all you talk about is football. Tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Those are the those are the, the that's a bulk of the listeners we get too is cool uncles. <laughs> that, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what we should call our uh, our listeners. 
cool uncles. Cool uncles. Cool, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. That's what we're going to do. So <laughs> cool thank, thanks to all the cool uncles for tuning in. Oh, wait, no, hold on. That's uh, that's horribly, um, horribly one gender. Thanks to all the cool aunts and uncles. Progressive. <laughs> yeah. The cool, here, this is what we're going to call them. The cool aunts, uncles, and everything in between. Because it's 2020, man. We're progressive here. The, at the cool canon aunts and uncles. There you go. But hey, remember, you got to say everything in between, too. It's 2020, man. I'm serious. Yeah, of course, of course. Sorry. Don't, no, if no, you no. Be like a, if you want to be like a female uncle, so be it. You do you. Do you do that. You do you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks a million, as ever. And until next week on the 61st adventure on this audible expedition. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to episode 60. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye.